Whoa, all my friends, we are back doing this thing. Uh, If you are listening to this, I probably sent you this podcast to invite you into the adventure of my summer and where the Lord has called me now. Um, Yeah, and I'm so excited to share that with you. I'm so excited to share uh, just some of the stirrings of my heart, Uh, some of just the adventure and like crazy things I get to do uh, with my life and also just the ways that the Lord has been working in the ordinary. Um, And yeah, my prayer is that this is just a space uh, for you to also encounter the love of God, uh, one through friendship with me and just sharing, uh, getting to share some of my heart of where I've been and two to um, maybe provide some revelations that the Lord can also speak through. So here I am in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, as I just finished my week and a half of training for CYSC Catholic Youth Summer Camp as a missionary at Damascus Catholic Mission. And I want to tell you all about training week. So here we are. So just a little intro into the mission itself. Uh, So Catholic Youth Summer Camp has been going on since 2001, I believe, and it was a traveling summer camp for about 15 years, going from different campsites, and they started having wait lists of hundreds of kids, um, and so they started looking for a place to uh, find their ground. And so in 2015, they found this huge plot of land in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, by knocking on some guy's door um asking if he was everything he was selling the place and he said he was going to be putting it on the market the next day and he was some like retired basketball player or something and so they bought the property and they started all that was on the property was like one barn and like a half a house and so they started building everything that is now this huge area called Damascus um now that has can house close to like 700 people I think between like the retreat centers and all the different uh quads and dorm type you know camp things um huge lake uh all these high adventure activities and uh, you know, <laughs> I'll just have to send some pictures of stuff online uh for you to see it or you can look it up it's beautiful it's beautiful and so their biggest mission is this Catholic youth summer camp and this summer we are gearing up to serve about 6,000 kiddos, which is wild. So starting tomorrow, actually, when we begin our first week of camp, we will be welcoming it in about 500 kiddos. And the site is so big that we actually run two camps at once. So there's a middle school camp going as a high school camp is going. Um, there's, I think, 250 ish summer missionaries so most college ish age uh some a little older young adult um all here just to spread the gospel and uh awaken empower and equip uh generation to live the adventure of the catholic faith through high adventure activities no through world-class programming and an environment of encounter um if you look it up that's basically the mission statement i think i got it down now which uh is exciting but that's truly what they do so um camp is mostly a bunch of high adventure activities so think like the rock wall and the zip line and the high ropes course and at the same time um by kids uh facing their fears in these high adventure activities it allows them to face their fears and issues of faith and 
give their life over to Jesus in radical ways. And I can't wait to share uh, some stories of encounter of my kiddos uh, in the upcoming weeks, but in all the different staffs and things. Um, my staff this summer, I was called to be on worship staff. Um, this is the first summer that there will be a staff completely devoted just to worship. You know, so in the Old Testament, the kingdom of David, David uh, had uh, full-time worshipers, about 4,000, and also full-time intercessors, also about 4,000, because he saw the need. Um, And so at Damascus, we sort of have a similar thing, though not 4,000. We do have full-time worshipers, and then our service staff are sort of our full-time intercessors. So um, that's what I will be spending most of my time doing, uh, which is so exciting. And I'll get to share with you how some of that has looked this week. So our weeks of training have been deemed the equip conference so by bringing together all of these 250 summer missionaries uh, Damascus uh, finds it so important uh, to bring us into formation of different things of ministry of what it looks like uh, in training these kids in the upbuilding of our own faith life bringing us to places of healing having a small group getting to discuss it so while this week was a lot of training it was also sort of like being at a conference and it was a little bit of both Uh, So receiving ministry training and things of how to counsel kids and pastoral things, how to talk to them about hard things, uh, praying for healing, healing ministry, uh, the prophetic, hearing from God, and all sorts of other things that I'm sure I'll be sharing about throughout the summer. Uh, And then we would split up into our staff times. And so I would get to split up with my worship staff where we would spend half the time in formation about worship. What is worship? Why is worship. Worship in its simplest form is sacrifice. Worship is meant to cost us something. The highest form of worship being the mass, being the liturgy, uh, where Jesus becomes body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, Worship is what our hearts are made for. We all worship something. Uh, but what happens when we orient it to the Lord. So I'm excited to see um, how all of these different themes and how my ideas of worship and how my heart continues to surrender and worship throughout this summer uh, as my full-time job becomes playing music and leading these kiddos in worship. So it'll be really exciting to see um, just the evolution of that too. So that's sort of what this week has looked like. That's sort of what I've been up to. Uh, I've gotten to rehearse with my band a few times. We have a set list of probably like 40 songs we're doing throughout the summer. So we were just trying to run through a lot of stuff. So I have a band of four people. So um, one uh, wonderful guy. So we uh, named our band. Well, I sort of deemed our band smooth like butter because our two like lead lead singers uh, sound smooth like butter and so we have uh uh, a leader who uh plays guitar and sings a leader who also plays guitar and sings but she will usually just sing um and the guy will play guitar uh i will back up sing sometimes lead and play piano and then we have an awesome drummer too uh they're all so much fun we also have a bass player who's with us sometimes all amazing holy people um and all just ready to use our gifts uh, as a place of surrender. So it's been super cool to be able to practice with them, to spend the time with them, growing with them in community, and also uh, growing as a band. Uh, We had a week to put a band together, you know? Uh, And so there were a lot of difficulties along the way, but a lot of fun times as well. A lot of fun games. We played a lot of... um, 
forget what it's called. Um, it's like Werewolf, if you've heard of that sort of card game. Um, but it was a different version of it. Essentially a card game that will, like, get you mad at other people. <laughs> we did uh, one of those games at the beginning of the week for bonding. So a lot of fun stuff in between. But it's really uh, helped form us as a team, I think. And so I'm excited to see how that will come out on stage as we try to become invisible so that the God of the universe can become more visible to these kiddos. So logistically, that's what everything has looked like. So much has been going on. It's been really special for me to uh, see a lot of my friends and in seeing a lot of people, uh, that's what's actually brought brought me to a lot of healing that uh, I want to share about. So before coming to Damascus and over the course of the past week or so, I've been praying a lot uh, with this story in 1 Kings chapter 17. And so there's this horrible king that says he was like the worst king doing all these bad things and so the Lord asked Elijah to prophesy uh, that there will be a drought essentially that no rain is coming and so not only is that a hard word for Elijah to deliver but then of course he has to to live in in the consequences you know and so he's living in part of this drought and famine and he's lacking everything and so the Lord asked Elijah to go to this specific brook and there um, he'll be able to drink the water from that brook Uh, he will not go thirsty and that ravens will come and feed him. And so like already in this story, there's like some bold trust Elijah has going on. If he's going to trust his father, that ravens are going to feed him. Um, and yet Elijah trusts. He doesn't go and try to find food by himself, but he goes and what happens, but the ravens feed him and he has water, which is wild. And then once, um, the brook dries out after a certain amount of time, the Lord asked him to go find this widow in a specific place uh, and ask her to make him some bread. Now, widows in that time were the lowest of the low. They were women, they were poor, they had no status, they lost any sort of property or anything. Um, And so not only was Elijah suffering, but in his suffering, he was supposed to ask the like lowest, weakest person ever for help. Not to mention what help is she going to be able to provide when everyone's suffering from this. But he trusts and he goes and he asks this woman for a little bit of bread. Or first, I think, for a drink. And she's like, okay. And then he's like, could you also make me a little bit of bread? And this woman goes, I literally have the smallest amount of flour left that I was just about to make for me and my son. And then I was going to go die. Essentially meaning that was the last, last possible thing she had. Uh, And Elijah asked her to trust and not to be afraid uh, that God is promising that the flour jar will continue to refill. And this woman of insane trust says, okay, and goes and makes bread. And guess what? The flour jar continues to refill. Um, Would highly recommend actually reading it. This is my like spark notes version. I think I got all the points of it. But as I've been praying with it over the course of the past few weeks, it's just uh, the idea that I've been reflecting on is that we are made to be filled. Uh, in John 10, 10, Jesus says that I came that you may have life and have it to the full. Um, we aren't made to be hungry. Like may the hungry hearts be satisfied. Like Jesus in the Eucharist is the one who feeds us. We are meant to be full. Uh, as a 
I can't say dietitian quite yet, um, but as someone with a master's in nutrition who's been studying food for a while, I can say that your body functions better when it is full instead of hungry. It, it functions better not at a deficit, but when it has energy to fuel you. Surprise, surprise. And so I've been reflecting on what it means to be filled, uh, particularly from the Lord. Um, and in what places I'm asking him to fill me. And so uh, a big moment of healing for me uh, since coming to camp. So I was able to serve as a summer missionary two summers ago. Uh, which was COVID summer, which was wild. And of course, I had all these memories, all these insane moments of healing, made all these best friends, and so many uh, just powerful things happened in my life that I will never forget. And so coming back this summer, I couldn't wait for the same thing to happen again. Because I wasn't open to thinking that the Lord was going to fill me in a new way. I just knew that he had filled me in the past in this specific way. And so that's how he works. And so I was going to receive the same thing. And so I show up and the first day, first 24 hours were so miserable. Like I wanted to leave. I kept saying like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be here. And it wasn't an insecurity thing and it wasn't an attack. It was just like this huge sense of like, I'm not supposed to be here. This isn't what I thought it would be like. So many of my friends weren't there. I was doing a different part of staff. I didn't feel like I was very seen and like what I was doing, like should have been something that was so fun for me. And it just wasn't. I kept saying, man, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be here. And so, uh, I went on a, after crying to one of my dearly beloved friends, shout out Monica. I, uh, went on a beautiful walk around our lake. Um, and I felt like I was just screaming out to the Lord, but internally because there were people around and I was like, Lord, like, why am I so frustrated? Like, why do I feel like I don't belong here? And as I'm saying all these things, I'm looking at the lake and I'm remembering two years ago when I had to go through lifeguard training and how hard that was, but how memorable that was. And I was telling the Lord, is like, it was just so different then. And I realized in that moment, it's because I was so different then. And so, of course, I wasn't feeling like I belonged because I was trying to bring me from two years ago back to Damascus. And she doesn't belong there. But man, Annie right now does. Annie right now who has two more years of ministry experience. Annie right now who's matured in so many ways. And Annie right now who is still equally broken in so many ways. And Annie right now who has new joy that she wants to share. Annie right now who loves to take on the younger missionaries and try to take them under my wing and guide them along. And Annie right now who's grown significantly in worship leading to be so much more equipped to be in the role that I'm supposed to be in. And Annie right now who doesn't care as much about what other people think of her and the list goes on and on about how much the Lord has healed me since then and immediately in that moment in typical God fashion being very extra but very loving uh he uh in that moment as I made that revelation uh It was a very cloudy day, but the clouds opened up and the sun was right above me. And so, of course, the sun's shining right on my face. And it was one of those, this is my beloved daughter moments with who I'm well pleased. And and I started crying as I do of like, ah, 
Lord, I am supposed to be here. And throughout the week, I went to the Lord in prayer and said, Lord, how do you want to fill me today? How am I called to be filled by you so that I can continue to serve and pour out uh, with my life? If worship is sacrifice, if my life is made for worship, my life is made for sacrifice, my life is made to be poured out in service for others. And I can't do that unless I'm first filled by the Father. And guess what? He doesn't fill in the same way every time. He's not trying to fill Annie from two years ago because she needs something radically different than Annie right now. And guess what? Annie right now needs something radically different than what each of you need on a daily. But Lord, give me my daily bread. Give me today what I need to serve you. Um, And throughout the week, the Lord's been filling me in some days with peace and some days with Uh, with forgiveness, uh, some days with mercy, some days with strength to go and forgive others, some days with deeper intimacy with him in prayer, some days with more joy, but recognizing that the Lord always meets us where we're at, and he will always come to fill with exactly what we need. And so I've been been embracing uh, Elijah and this widow's trust of Lord, I don't get what you're asking of me, but I know you desire to fill me. I know you desire to meet my basic needs through food. I bet God wants to feed us. And he does this most fully in the Eucharist, in the sacrifice of the Mass. And so all of this to share, um, I just invite you all to pray with the question and ask God, how do you want to fill me? Because it says in Matthew, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. We have a good father who wants to give us good gifts. And so he wants to fill us. He wants to give us exactly what we need. A bad father would give us what we don't need. A good father gives us exactly what we need. And asking for more is really just a big thank you to the father. I mean, if if you had a little child and they were asking for more pasta or whatever you made them, like, of course you would give them more. It's it's like, oh my gosh, they like my cooking. Like, thank you. I'm going to give you more. So when you as a child are crying out to Abba, Father, Lord, I need more strength right now. I really can't handle this. Lord, I need you to bring peace in this conflict right now. Lord, I need you to come and fill me with your presence because I'm just feeling so alone. He wants to fill each and every one of us. So as I end this little episode today, I just end in prayer and I pray, Jesus, that you may come and fill who's ever on the other end of this. Lord, I pray that you fill them with the courage to ask directly for what they need from you. And Lord, I pray that you may come in power in their life, that they may know that they are never alone. Lord Jesus, thank you for being a good father and for always giving us what we need. Thank you for filling us and thank you for being ours. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my wonderful friends. As always, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for your support of me. Please reach out and let me know how I can be praying for you. In the meantime, let me know how the Lord has been filling you. And I'm excited to share with you all about the kiddos, which is what we're here for. Um, I can't 
wait for these kiddos to come. <gasps> come on, come on. Are you hype with me? Yeah. Summer camp, summer camp, summer camp. 